You're listening to The Beauty Debut. I'm your host, Claudia Fabian. As someone who has spent over 25 years in the beauty industry as an esthetician, makeup artist, and in professional sales, I want to share what I've learned. Allow me to be your beauty avatar and give you a behind-the-scenes look at what it's really like to work in the world of beauty. And follow me as I navigate how to age gracefully. And remember, it's never too late to make your debut. This podcast is about all things beauty inside and out. Tune in every week to hear my conversations with the amazing professionals who are working in all aspects of the beauty industry. Get the scoop on the latest trends and learn firsthand insider tips and tricks to help you look and feel your very best. I'm so happy to have you here. The Beauty Debut starts now. Lorraine, thank you so much for joining me today on the Beauty Debut podcast, talking about a subject very near and dear to my heart at this point. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Claudia. I am so happy to be here with the Beauty Debut. I know we have a lot to talk about with perimenopause and menopause, so I appreciate the opportunity to be on your platform. Yes. So Lorraine, you do some amazing work helping women, and I want to know, how did you get started being a menopause coach. And I, you know, to be honest, I didn't even know there was such a thing. And (laughs) I just think it's such a great thing for women to consider is, you know, we get a coach for so many other things in our lives and menopause is a big one. So I think it's important. So how did you get started on educating women and, and coaching? Well, I was, I've always been interested in health. Um, I thought I knew so much about it <laughs> for many years, but then my husband was diagnosed with throat cancer. He's he's an 18 year survivor, so all is good. And then I had two daughters who suffered with who suffered with celiac disease. So I realized that lifestyle changes needed to be made, and I soon realized that what we put in our bodies is just as important as what we put on our bodies, what we do to our bodies. So I decided at the age of 55 to become a health coach. So I attended the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, which is the largest nutrition school in the world. And I went into it thinking I'm going to help everyone because I've had to deal with it within my own family. Mm -hmm. Well, soon after graduating and coaching many women, because it seemed like women were more approachable about attempting to change their lifestyles and things like that, I realized that so many women in their perimenopause years were suffering and were not getting the help that they needed from their doctors. They had no idea that they even were suffering with symptoms of perimenopause. They thought it was all kinds of other things that were going on. So I realized that these women needed guidance and support and resources that they just weren't getting from their gynecologist. So that kind of led me on the path to menopause. And being a postmenopausal woman myself and having suffered with some of those same symptoms, I realized I could be there. I could help them. I've been in their shoes. Yeah. And you've been doing this now for how many years? for seven years. For seven years. That's a lot of women. And I'm Mm -hmm. sure that you have really kind of gained a lot of knowledge about, you know, kind of real common symptoms. You know, I'm sure you've had maybe trickier cases. So you really have 
at this point become a true expert in helping women. And what I loved um, when I discovered you was you're doing things more the holistic way. And what does that mean when you say, you know, you're treating women or helping them get through menopause holistically? Okay. Well, I myself prefer to work with women who are looking for a more holistic approach to managing symptoms where we get to the root of what is causing hormone imbalances. And these are women who may not want to use hormone replacement therapy, whether that's because of health concerns, such as a history of like female cancers, breast, uterine, or cervical, or they may have an existing heart disease, or simply because of the potential side effects from hormone replacement. There are other things such as blood clots, feeling sick, headaches, other things like that. So they just are choosing a more holistic route. So, and also doctors are prescribing um, anti-anxiety, antidepressants for these women who are having um, symptoms. So they may not want to go that route and are looking for other options such as supplements, lifestyle changes, and that kind of thing. Yeah, that is so true. I was speaking with another expert, you know, for this series, and she was saying that many doctors, you know, women come with, you know, complaints about not being able to sleep or, you know, um, heart palpitations, Mm -hmm. and they immediately just go, well, it must be anxiety. Let's put them on Xanax. Let's put them on, you know, some other kind of antidepressant, as you mentioned but mm-hmm. they aren't diving deeper to know that these symptoms could easily just be fixed with diet because it's, it's perimenopausal symptoms. Right, exactly. So these women don't even realize that these are perimenopausal symptoms. Mm-hmm. And so they're thinking that all these horrible things are wrong with them. Mm-hmm. And it isn't until they see much, they'll see much in my support groups. Like they'll see other women who are experiencing the same things. And it's a great way for them to see, I'm not alone in this and I am not crazy. And the doctor just isn't listening to me. And don't get me wrong. There are wonderful doctors out there. And if you could find one of those, fantastic. However, I always have many women tell me that they're not being heard. They're just being given a pill for the ill and not really paying attention to what the underlying causes of their hormone imbalances might be. Mm-hmm. And what would be some of those underlying causes? Maybe you can kind of, I know that's a probably very broad question. It just depends on the person, yeah. but what are some common things that you've noticed? So women, this is mostly, I would say a lifestyle thing. Yes. You know, we have our genes and it's the way our genes may be expressed. Like if your mom had a horrible menopause, you, you would expect that maybe yours would be the same as your mom's. However, many things in our lifestyle leading up to reaching perimenopause could be significant contributors to what is happening in perimenopause. Mm -hmm. For example, if you spent your prior 20 years to, well, let's put it this way, perimenopause can start anywhere from your late 30s to your mid 40s. Late 30s is really early, but let's say the average age is around 45. Um, For those 20 years prior to that, if you were living on processed foods, Um, being exposed to all those pesticides and toxins on conventional foods if you aren't eating organic, if you're putting toxins on your body, just being exposed to all these things over the prior years, those could make your menopause symptoms that much worse. There are many women who don't suffer any symptoms other than maybe irregular periods when your hormones are fluctuating. For some women, they can have severe anxiety, major hot flashes where it's debilitating, the weight gain, um, so many other things, insomnia. There's so many things related to all of the hormone imbalances that could be addressed with lifestyle changes. Yeah, and I think we're, we're kind of told, you know, well, this is just part of it. I know that 
initially, you know, that's what my doctor said. Well, it's just part of getting older. It's just like, it's almost like depressing. It's like you have to accept <laughs> these things that are happening. Yeah. And it's, it's great to know that that is not true. Like there are things, you know, that we could do, whether you want to go traditional route with hormone replacement therapy or do a more holistic mm -hmm. approach you know, there are solutions. And do you see a lot of women doing a combination of both? Or do you feel women just kind of intuitively decide, I want to do it holistic, or they say, nope, I want to go more medical and more traditional? I've definitely seen a good mix of both. Mm -hmm. um, there are many women who feel like hormone replacement therapy is their only option. Mm -hmm. So they may try that first, especially if they have severe symptoms. And I could totally understand that. If you have severe anxiety, severe hot flashes where it's affecting your job and different things like that, I understand where women are coming from. And taking the holistic, holistic approach may take a little bit longer because it's not the same as just taking a pill that's going to fix you immediately. It, it'll take time. It's taken years for you to create that hormone imbalance and to get mm -hmm. it back in balance is going to take more than popping a pill. So I totally understand where women are coming from when they want to try the hormone replacement therapy. Therapy, However, I would say along with it, women should also change those lifestyle habits that they have because if they're not, if they're still eating all those processed foods, if they're still having high stress levels and not exercising, then you may negate the therapy that you're getting with the hormone replacement. You still may not be getting the best benefits. So I would say co combining both for those women who would want to do the HRT is probably a good idea. Mm -hmm. And why is understanding our hormones so important to our health? Because, you know, you've mentioned that, you know, it's, a lot of it can be adapted through, you know, your diet and, and your lifestyle. Um, mm -hmm. But as our hormones, you know, just decline or shift as we get into an older age, what happens naturally? I mean, like your body, from what I've learned from your website is that, you know, your, your body does make up for the loss of estrogen and progesterone naturally, but why are, why is nobody talking about that? And why is it important to really understand all that? Well, our hormones are little chemical messengers that that they're produced by the endocrine system and they send messages to various parts of the body and this is how our organs can communicate with each other. They help regulate our body's processes like hunger, blood pressure, sexual desire, sleep. And while hormones are essential to our reproduction, they're fundamental to all of the systems in our body. So they flow through, throughout the body but only affect certain cells that they act like a lock and key. So our body depends on hormones to function. So if they're imbalanced, our bodies will suffer from disturbances such as poor sleep and weight gain to diseases such as cancer and heart disease. So we really want to pay attention to keeping a good balance of our hormones in our body so that everything in our body works in conjunction with one another, that everything is working well, and that we aren't suffering from any of these symptoms. Okay. And as we get into menopause, is it true that then your, is it your thyroid or is it your adrenal glands? Like there's another thing that starts producing estrogen. And if it's fatigued, like if your adrenals are fatigued, it's like it, then mm -hmm. it's not doing that. And you're, that's when you kind of go into these hot flashes and like the imbalance kind of shows is, 
Am I getting that right? Or maybe you well, when, well, that. when stress levels are elevated, so if mm -hmm. your adrenals are fatigued, and I know that in the medical world, they don't deem that that is an actual thing. But mm -hmm. if you have a um, stressed adrenal glands and your cortisol levels are high, that's going to affect your insulin balance. It's going to affect everything else that balances hormones within your body. So I would say processed foods and stress are the two triggers really for the most hormone imbalance within your body. So after, you, when you're postmenopausal, you still have a different estrogen, but it is basically what happens is, and it's affected, like I think we had talked prior to getting on this call about um, estrogen dominance mm -hmm. and how that affects different things. So when progesterone and estrogen are out of balance with one another. And even if your estrogen is on the lower side, it creates an imbalance and it creates an estrogen dominance in your body. And symptoms of that could be PMS and weight gain, fibrocystic breasts, fibroids, endometriosis, all kinds of different things, fatigue, reduced sex drive, depression, anxiety, the list goes on. And many women don't realize that being overweight is one of the main reasons that you may have estrogen dominance. And this goes back to what you were talking about with estrogen in the body. Mm -hmm. So excess body fat is one of the main causes of estrogen dominance. And not, not only does fat tissue absorb and store estrogen in your bloodstream, it also synthesizes estrogen from your other hormones. So the more fat cells you have, the more estrogen you'll make. And the more estrogen you make, the more fat you store. And the cycle kind of continues like that. Oh my God. So being overweight is... Yeah, so that's one of the ways that estrogen is becomes dominant and excessive in your body. Another is like we talked about stress. And that's one another reason. When you're stressed or overly busy, your cortisol levels go really high and your body has to make up for its progesterone to keep up. So what what'll ultimately happen is you'll deplete your progesterone. And as more progesterone is used for cortisol production, less is available to balance estrogen. So getting those stress hormones lowered and doing things like breathing exercises and um, yoga, Pilates, things like that, that are good for your body and it might reduce the stress levels. Saying no is a big one. And I know I heard on another podcast, I think you did a podcast with Jackie. Um, yeah. We were talking all about yeah. that. Yeah. Yes. That was a great, that was a great one. I actually want to talk to her about her products. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, because those are so important for getting toxins out of our body and just putting the good stuff in there. So yeah, learning to say no, you know, staying away from those toxins in our environment because there are xenoestrogens, which are in man-made products that we use. So things that we might put on our body, you know, things that are in our water, our personal care products, our furniture, our clothes, all of those things can create excess estrogen in our bodies. Being on hormone replacement, actually, and birth control pills are a way of also having higher estrogen levels. Some medications, um, like the oral contraceptives, they all, they'll only add more estrogen on top of excess estrogen, so without the balance of progesterone, if you don't have the progesterone. So possibly even considering using some kind of alternative birth control method other than birth control pills, because it does wreak havoc on our hormones. Yes. Yeah. So it just seems like when you're going through that, I mean, a lot of the, I mean, I'm kind of going through that with like the weight gain, you know, especially around my middle section and it's just so frustrating. 
to go through that, you know, because yeah. it really affects my mood and it makes me feel depressed. And it's like, and then of course, you know, stress is a big thing right now happening. What can we do? What, what is the diet and what exercise do you recommend? Because I've also read that when you're going through all of this, you don't want to over-exercise either. Like that puts more exactly. stress on your body. So what is the answer? Like, what do we do? Okay. Well, walking, I spent, well, if you want to get to exercise first, it, it is exactly right what you say. So many women are over-exercising, CrossFit, long-distance running, all marathons. And when you get to your perimenopause years, those aren't necessarily the best things for your body because they do raise cortisol levels in your body and that affects hormone balance that more women actually realize when they stop doing those things, they were able to lose weight more easily. So things like Pilates, yoga, Tai Chi, which is a martial arts um, kind of thing, those kind of things, along with walking daily, not running necessarily, even if maybe just short distance, but walking. Another great one, and I just wrote a blog post about this, is rebounding, which is a mini trampoline. Mm -hmm. That is one of the most fabulous things for women's bodies because it helps prevent osteoporosis as well as get your lymph system moving. So by jumping, you're getting everything moving, all those toxins eliminated from your body. And you can do it at any level that you want. I use a stabilizer bar because otherwise I might be ejected off the thing. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. So you, you, don't have to, you don't have to use one, but I am kind of klutzy, so I do. And there's so many simple little things. I listen to podcasts while I'm jumping on there, and it's a great way for women to exercise. So other things, you were talking about nutrition eating a whole foods diet. And I tell women don't count calories, count toxins. So if you're just mm -hmm. eating a well-rounded diet of lean proteins, healthy fats, and believe me, women need those healthy fats, especially if they're experiencing anxiety and depression, our brains need fats. I think part of the problem with women was when we went on these low fat diets, I think anxiety levels skyrocketed. Okay. Our brains need those fats. So pay attention to that. Lean proteins, as I said, trying to eat as much organic uh, fruits and vegetables and meats as you can because conventional foods are sprayed with pesticides. Those are endocrine disruptors. So you want to try to avoid that as much as possible. And I know those kind of foods like organic foods, grass-fed meats, those kind of things can be more expensive. So there's a great website, ewg.org, and anyone can go to that and, and look up what the, um, I think it's called the Clean 15 and the Dirty Dozen. So the Clean 15 are the things that it's okay if you can't afford to buy everything organic to eat those things as conventional. And then the dirty dozen are the ones that you definitely want to eat of organic. So a lot of those are things that absorb more of the pesticides like apples and strawberries and lettuces and things like that. And EWG also has a wonderful site. So moving on beyond nutrition is what we put on our body could affect our hormone levels as well. So a lot of the skincare products, I know on the beauty debut that when you had Jackie on, I was so impressed with her products because she's getting to the root of what, real, what we really need. We need to get back to those organic kind of skincare products that aren't full of parabens and BHT and all these fragrance. If you see the word fragrance, avoid it because that, that's kind of like a scary and tricky thing. You have no idea what's in that skincare product. Okay. But all of these things can be endocrine disruptors and your skin is your largest organ and it absorbs whatever you put on it. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. So again, at that EWG.org, they have an app called Skin Deep. And you can actually put in your product and search it to see what the levels of toxins or allergens uh, and the risks are for it. And if the specific product isn't in there, you can look on the back of your product and just list each individual um, chemical or ingredient that's there and search that to see the level of the toxicity for it. So that's a great way to avoid that. A lot of women have told me that when they eliminated all of their beauty care and switched to organic, their hot flashes went away. So I think there's something to be said for it. And it's so important for women to really take a look at that. That is Another thing is to make sure. Yeah. Yeah, that is so important. Go ahead. You were saying. Oh, and also being that we were talking about our skin, what your water is so important too. We, I, about four years ago, we put a whole house filtration system on because I realized not only is your drinking water important that you want to eliminate the toxins that are in the water, but your showering water, because again, that's all those chemicals will be, are being absorbed into your skin. And many of them are endocrine disruptors and cancer causing. So if you can afford to do that, that's a great thing to do. At least put a filter on your shower head and on your faucet if you can't do the whole house, because it's so important to get those chemicals out of your water. Yeah, that that's, you know, it's kind of scary to think about everything that we're exposed to and, you know, the lengths that we really have to go to just to get, get in charge of our health. And an, I, another important thing is mindset. I know you're really big mm-hmm. with your coaching is helping people adjust their mindset with going through menopause, because I mean, I've caught myself, you know, being negative about menopause or just kind of resenting it. And I hear Mm -hmm. other women kind of sharing the same sentiment sometimes. And there's tons of funny jokes and memes on social media about menopause. But one thing that I've learned lately from you and from some of the other women that I've spoken to for this series is that mindset is so important because Hormones are our friends. And rather than being Mm -hmm. angry about it, it's really your body just kind of waving a red flag saying, hey, I need you to pay attention here. Yes. You know, I I say this often, but it's often our perception that will determine our experience with menopause. And Mm -hmm. if you're constantly being bombarded with these horrible images of women who are suffering and sweating. And (laughs) I mean, if you go into that thinking, oh my gosh, this is what menopause is. Well, then chances are that's what it will be for you because you'll be looking for all those things that are wrong. But if you go into it feeling like, you know, these can be the best years of my life. And for many menopausal women, that can be at least 30 to 50% of your life once you're postmenopausal. So, and there's so many benefits to it. Of course, you don't have your period any longer. Sex might be easier. You don't have to worry about birth control. Like there's so many positives to it, but there's also, it, this is, can be a new beginning. Women look at it as an ending, but it really can be a new be- beginning. Maybe a new job, a new career, a new passion, a new relationships, um, different things that can encourage you to live these lives to the, to the best way that you are able for the rest of your life. Listen, I became a health coach at 55. 
I became an author for the first time at 58. I'm 62 now, and I'm providing support and resources for women who are 20 years younger than me as they navigate their perimenopause years. So it's never too late to be what you might have been. <laughs> Let's put it that way. And you so look great. If we look I, at it, I never would have guessed you. Oh, at thank you. Too. So what, what are your well, secrets you. for hair and skin? Because you look so vibrant. <laughs> well, I, I think we, I had talked to you prior to this, too, about I, I created a menopause market on my website because I've been researching products for women because they're always asking me, what do you use? What do you do? So I've been researching many products and I look for organic skincare products. I look for the things with the least amount of ingredients, chemicals. So most recently I started using GoPure products. Okay. They're affordable. They're wonderful. I have them on, on in the menopause market. I've been using those for quite a while. And I mix it up with other things that I love, like Sunshine Botanicals is one and Vapor, vapor Organic Beauty is another. So there are different for, for makeup and that kind of thing. I look for things that have the least amount of chemicals, no endocrine, endocrine disruptors, things that are good for my skin. But also I believe in like beauty from the inside out. So if women will pump up their greens, eliminate the processed food, eliminate or reduce, because I know this is a hard one, caffeine and alcohol. But I know women are like, don't make me give up my wine. <laughs> you know, but, but really, women, real, when they realize that when they reduce the wine intake, they are sleeping better, the weight's coming off a little bit easier, the anxiety's lower, the hot flashes are gone. So it is important to pay attention. I'm not saying give it up completely. You can have a glass on the weekend. But maybe for the most part, if you can eliminate and reduce those kinds of things, those will affect everything else about your skin, your hair, your nails, for, for good hormone balance. Just to, It'll affect everything from the inside out. Yeah, let's talk about coffee because I think that's a big one for people. I know that that was a big mm -hmm. one for me. And I have, you know, you know, given up coffee before for I think the longest I was able to do it was maybe three months. And then mm -hmm. you have that first sip again. And it's it's definitely addictive. It's a drug. And, and then before you know it, you're going to yeah. Starbucks every day. So what what is it about coffee that isn't good for us as we head into these perimenopausal menopausal years? Well, let me just say first, for perimenopausal women, the good news is that coffee, actually, they have shown in recent studies that it is beneficial for them. So oh, okay. I would say, go yeah, ahead and have a cup or two. Enjoy. <laughs> Until you yes. get okay. Yeah. But for many women, just, well, anything hot, first of all, could, could affect um, hot flashes, so the triggers. Caffeine, because it's a stimulant, can affect anxiety and that kind of thing, and the hot flashes. Stimulants seem to make that a little bit worse. Coffee in itself, I mean, there are so many benefits to coffee, so even if you want to have a good maybe decaf organic coffee, because I know for me it's more about the taste. It isn't even about the caffeine. Uh -huh. So I had started drinking organic decaf coffee. So just to be sure that you're not having conventional because again, pesticides and that kind of thing. But for the most part, caffeine is just makes um, insomnia worse. It can make um, the hot flashes worse and it can make anxiety worse. So okay. I would say eliminate it if you're suffering from any of those things or at least reduce it. I see. Okay. So, and then wine, um, again, another big favorite of, of many women. Um, it just I've noticed that if it, I, I don't sleep as well if I do have a few drinks. So I have really cut that out yeah. as well. And I, I see that you also recommend that as, as a lifestyle change, just to kind of eliminate yeah. 
What about like regular yeah, alcohols been, like vodka? Is that the same? Do you recommend? Well, the, the thing, yeah, I mean, the thing is alcohol, if you drink alcohol in the evening, what happens later, it interrupts your REM sleep okay. later in the evening. So, and sometimes once you wake up, then you can't get back to sleep other than the spikes from maybe sugar, you know, the sugar spikes, but it's more that it interrupts your sleep later. So you may, it may get you to sleep easier, but then once you wake up like at two o'clock in the morning, which is usually when that happens, then it makes it more difficult for you to get back to sleep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to talk about one of the products that I know you recommend in your menopause market that I think is pretty incredible. Um, it's a brand called Feminescence, and their mm -hmm. main ingredient is maca powder. And I know that you're a big fan of that and helping women naturally balance out your hormones. Can you speak a little bit to that? And, and, and yeah. we'll make sure we put the link um, in the show notes for women to shop on your menopause market because you do have a real nice selection of products that I think are, are really needed. So, but let's okay. talk about Feminescence for a moment. Yeah, so Feminescence, I was so impressed with because, well, maca is an adaptogen herb and it is, so that helps with stress in our body. And when you're helping the stress in the body, it helps to balance hormones. So it's totally non-hormonal. So women don't have to be concerned with, you know, having any kind of estrogen or progesterone or any, you know, any kind of hormone. So maca has been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. It's from the Peruvian mountains and has been proven safe, um, safe for use. However, let me just state that anybody who's beginning any supplements at all, always check with your healthcare provider before beginning any supplementation, whether you're on other medications or not, just for your own best health and interest. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, I cannot say enough wonderful things about Feminescence because they have a specific maca um, product for each stage from your reproductive stage to your postmenopausal stage. So it's different amounts of maca, different dosages, different kinds, because there's like red, yellow, black maca, all different things. And they've, they've been able to narrow it down to specific stages of a woman's life. So I'm currently taking the maca pause. And I, since I've been taking it, I have, my energy levels have increased. I recently just did a photo shoot last week and the girl who was doing my hair for me told me my hair looked so healthy and wonderful, which made me feel so good because I thought a few months ago that I felt like I was losing some of my hair, which mm -hmm. also happens during menopause, especially yes. if you have any kind of thyroid condition. Mm -hmm. But she told me my hair and my skin were fabulous. So I'm 62 years old, like I said, so that made me feel really, really good. So energy levels, my libido has been better. And I know that we're going to talk a little bit about that kind of stuff later, but I have been feeling really good. Um, one thing we talked about that I have suffered from, from migraines for over 18 years, hormonal migraines. And even though I'm postmenopausal, I still get them. However, since taking the maca, they are less frequent. So I'm very happy with that. And I'm hoping that longer that I take it, maybe I can eliminate those altogether. So I cannot say enough about maca. It has helped so many women. And I've heard back from many women who have started taking it that they wish that they had this earlier in their perimenopause journey. 
Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm glad that you introduced me to that product and I've been taking it and I do definitely feel a difference in my energy. Um, like I said, I gave mm -hmm. up coffee. So this really does give me um, a nice boost in the morning and I take another two right before like around two o'clock. And it really kind of pushes me through that afternoon. So I really, really am a big believer in maca and I'm just kind of, it's only been a month. So I'm kind of waiting to see like if it helps, you know, to further balance yeah. hormones naturally. So it's, it's exciting. Well, and they do say for some women, they may within a month see a, you know, a really big difference. Mm -hmm. For most women, it may take three months. Like I said earlier, supplements don't work the same way as, you know, like a medication will where sometimes yeah. you take it and it just does its magic, mm -hmm. but um, it could take longer, but it's, it's giving you so many benefits along the way. And another great thing about this company is they have a medical team on staff. So anytime you have any question at all, whether you, like you may have hypothyroidism, and I know for many women, the doctors tell them not to take a maca supplement because it's a goitrogen. But if you talk to their medical team, they can adjust dosage. And many women have actually come off their thyroid medicine after being on this maca supplement for a, a, a bit of a time. If you have PCOS, if you have any of those kind of conditions, they can guide you with the supplement and they usually get back to me within 24 hours anytime that I have a question. So they're really awesome that way too. Yeah, I can vouch for that because I know you advised me to do that and I did reach out to them asking them about my personal, you know, situation with what I'm going through mm -hmm. and they got back to me like, yeah, within 24 hours with a really great uh, protocol and answered all my questions. So that was a really a great thing. Because many supplement companies, you don't get that kind of service. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm very impressed with them. Yeah. So let's talk about the libido part, because that's another okay. thing that, you know, <laughs> kind of changes and things start to change down there. You know, a lot of women do experience some sexual issues during this time. And I, what I'm finding and with talking with a lot of other experts is that women don't talk about it. A lot of them suffer in silence. Right. Yeah. And I know it, you know, if you're in a relationship or you're married during this time, it really can affect that part of your relationship. Um, and, you know, even if you're single and it's like, you know, if you're wanting to find somebody special in your life, if your libido is shot or you're suffering with some you know, sexual dysfunction, let's say, you know, due to your hormone changes, it really is depressing. <laughs> I yeah. mean, you know, you're yeah. kind of not the woman you once <laughs> were and it can feel a little, you know, like we were saying earlier, like the end of an era or like the ending of something. And I think that can be a real feeling for a lot of women, like it's over, like shop is closed, so to speak. I know. I I, it's true. And they're embarrassed to talk to their doctors about it, to even bring it up. So they may, so the doctor may not even know that the women are suffering with low libido. And, and some of the reasons could be low testosterone or estrogen dominance, both can cause low libido. And we don't talk about it. They, women often will just accept that they have no sex drive. And I think, I think they often forget how good it feels to have an active sex life and they deserve to have a magical sex life. And beyond um, beyond making the effort with your, I guess, with your significant other, there are so many things you can do, but well, let's take, let's just take it back a, a notch. Sometimes we just give in, right? It's just like, okay, this is what, what you do. You're married or your significant other is just expecting it. And sometimes you just, you just are there and you're willing, but there's so many things you can do psychologically to help yourself as well. So 
encouraging maybe your significant other to be more romantic and introduce more romance into your life. Because let's face it, men want sex to reduce stress. Women have to be stress-free to want sex. (laughs) So maybe to kind of work on that together. Maybe have your significant other read some books about menopause so that they're understanding about what is happening in your life. And maybe they could be a little bit more, um, well, romantic and understanding. <laughs> but other than that, women can do finding the hormone balance, maca, and there's another, ashwagandha is another supplement that are very wonderful for helping with libido. And so trying those kinds of things. Sometimes the libido is just directly linked to maybe you have vaginal dryness and atrophy, and that is just kind of making you scared to have sex, and that kind of like puts you off. So doing some things like taking those adaptogen herbs can help with that, but also using good lubricants and moisturizers. Women tend to moisturize your face and your body, but you don't think about moisturizing your vagina and your labia. So that really should be, those areas should be moisturized on a daily basis as well, especially as we go through menopause. Because estrogen is important for maintaining the fluids that keep the lining of the vagina lubricated, healthy, thick, and elastic. So when, the le- when estrogen levels decline, this reduces the amount of moisture available. So that could also lead to vaginal atrophy, which is the thinning of the lining. And mm-hmm. of course, it can have a major impact on your sex life, including itching, burning, and painful intercourse. So we really want to keep things moisturized, use good lubricants. And I wrote a, a, a blog post, which you can find on my website recently. It's called Sahara Desert in Your Lady Parts. Right. And yeah. I give a list of things to look for in your lubricant and moisturizers because you also don't want to use any harsh chemicals, and many of them contain harsh chemicals. A good, a good lubricant is actually coconut oil, as long as you're not using um, any kind of... Um, like a condom or anything, any latex that can break down because it can break down from the oil. But coconut oil is a great um, lubricant that you can have right in your cabinet and, and use that. It's a healthy lubricant. And then there are wonderful commercial lubricants that you can use like water-based or aloe-based that have very little chemicals in them because the chemicals can also cause problems down there. Right. And you really don't want to go that route. Mm-hmm. Um, another great product I have in there is called Rosebud, Rosebud Woman. And they have a fantastic um, moisturizer, which I use daily after my shower, smells fantastic, all great ingredients in there. And so those are the kinds of things that you want to look for and use to help on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important to have an open dialogue um, about what you're feeling, you know, with your partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and really approaching this conversation with your girlfriends. I think it's important to talk about mm-hmm. it. Yes. Um, and not feel like you're alone in this whole experience um, going through it. And, you know, just I think if we can talk about it, it makes it not such a stigma. And it's something that everybody goes through at, at some point and, in, in, you know, to different degrees. But everyone is going to experience yeah. some of these symptoms. And it's so important to know that you don't have to suffer. There are options and, and you can do it naturally. You don't have to you know, do any of the, um, you know, medical. Yeah. And I want women, I know, and I, our conversation probably might, might sound overwhelming to some women. Oh my gosh, I have to change all this. I have to do all of this. I always tell them baby steps. If you could change one thing a month, a week, whatever, just move in the right direction. Just replace those things that might be causing your body harm and your hormones harm. Mm -hmm. And just little by little change those things. It doesn't have to be an all or nothing. 
kind of thing because I know women feel overwhelmed and especially if they have to, if they have to buy new products and they have to change the way they're right. eating and all right. of that kind of thing. So just taking baby steps and just if, if I could say one thing, I would say stress is probably the first thing that you should work on and the simplest thing you can do are breathing exercises, meditation, and simple exercise. I would say that would be a good step because stress is one of the main things that cause our hormone imbalances. So if you could start there and then incorporate all of these wonderful things into your life, you can't help but have a magical menopause. And I am testament to that. I am living a good life. I am enjoying everything. And I feel like my positive mindset has definitely helped me along the way. Well, I love that, you know, having a magical menopause. I love that. And that kind of brings me to um, a topic about getting a coach. You know, obviously mm -hmm. in the beginning of the podcast, I introduced you as a menopause coach and educator, but why, why would women, you know, why should we consider getting a coach? I think it's so important, but maybe you can talk to, you know, what does that mean having a coach and, I know you offer different program options um, on your website, you know, if people want to do more mm -hmm. of a group thing or if they want one-on-one -on -one coaching. Yeah. Um, maybe you can speak to that and, and, and why they may want to consider that. I think it is important. Yeah, well, for many women, they just aren't getting the help or answers they need from their doctors, right? We had discussed that before. And as a matter of fact, in a recent survey that I did of like over 100 women, 80% of them said they received no help or guidance from their gynecologists. And basically, many of them learned about menopause on their own, just from doing Google searches and that kind of thing, you know, doctor, Dr. Google. And as well, if you're at a doctor's office, they have an hour to spend with you, right? So yeah. they can't really be there. You can't be calling them up all the time and asking them for advice. So for, for many women to have a coach for not just resources and support, but also for accountability, because, you know, let's face it, it's human nature. If you have, if you're not accountable to something, sometimes you'll put it off and you just won't do it. So having a coach helps you be accountable and really stick to the program, the things that'll help you in your life, in your health. Um, we have to look at our health as an investment, not as something that's just going to cost us a lot of money, right? It's an investment. Mm -hmm. You don't want to have to be paying medical bills later for all those other things that may happen to you. So having a coach and having someone there to be your support system, I feel is so important. So while some women may not have any symptoms, right? Other than irregular periods and others may ex experience everything from extreme anxiety to unbearable hot flashes, weight gain and all that. And these could be directly related to our habits throughout the years so, that we've talked about. So if you're not really sure what to do, a coach can guide you with your diet, your exercise, your supplements, and really get you on the right track if you really are just totally unsure of where to start or where to go. So health coaches are so wonderful in that respect. And they don't necessarily even have to be a menopause coach, although that might help. But health coaches are really trained to help you with all of those lifestyle changes. Mm -hmm. So I... Uh, I've felt that recently I, I have a private support group and we do like little challenges and things in there. Most of them are free. And I find that a lot of women get a lot of what they need, not just from me, but from the other women in the group. Mm -hmm. So that are experiencing what they're experiencing and telling other women, well, this is what worked for me. Maybe this will work for you kind of thing. And I also know that a lot of women may want to do things 
in their own time. So I'm currently just finishing up. It's going to be an online program called Making Perimenopause Magical. And it'll, it's a six-month program that's online and with its own private support Facebook group as well, where I will be in there as their own personal health coach for answering all of the questions and that kind of thing. But they kind of do the program in their own time during the six months. Mm-hmm. incorporating recipes and foods and stress management and all that kind of thing. So I know these are all different ways that women can approach these years if they're not feeling like they're not getting what they need from their doctors and they feel like they just need that support system. Okay. All right. And and I, I know we're going to put the in the show notes of this episode where people can find you, your mm-hmm. website. And you know that's how I came across you. I was researching menopause coaches, you know, just for my own um, experience, you know, going yeah. to menopause. And that's how I discovered you. And I just was so impressed with all your resources. I mean, you offer so many free oh, you. resources. Your blog is great. And tell me about the book that you wrote. I appreciate that. So I wrote The Magic of Menopause, A Holistic Guide to Get Your Happy Back. And it's specifically because I knew that women needed another option and that they needed a positive way to look at the menopause years. I wanted women to know that it is a new beginning. It is not an ending. There's so many wonderful years ahead of you. And that's by flipping the switch on how we think about it, because in Western culture, we do tend to think of it as an ending and with all these horrible images, Mm -hmm. that there really is so much to look forward to. You can feel healthy. There is no need to suffer. And I wanted them to have that resource and kind of like a pocket guide that they could take with them to remind them every day that this is the life that you can be living. You can be living a magical menopause. Yeah, and that's a great great way to end it. I think that, you know, <laughs> just yeah, let's all have a magical menopause and, you know, make the best choices we can for our health and, you know, what's so important about this series is, you know, just talking to different women who are experts in this field and finding what fits best for you intuitively, you know, whether it's holistic, whether it's doing a more traditional route, you know, there could be a Mm -hmm. happy medium, but knowing that there is resources and help and different approaches out there, I think is the first step. It's so important to take control and be your own health advocate and not just, you know, accept what your doctors are saying, because what I've learned from talking with with you and other experts, a lot of doctors don't get much training in hormones and in menopause. Exactly. Don't I think as a matter of fact, it might be three hours. <laughs> yes, that's what I was told. Yeah. They only get about mm-hmm. three hours of training. And so they it's not that they don't want to help you, it's that they don't know how. So it's important exactly. to kind of, you know, do your research and, and look outside of that and consider, you know. I think holistic is probably the yeah. best way to start. Personally, that's my that would be my choice. And then if I mean, I do agree with you. Yeah. yeah. And then you could always yeah, women if in. they take that way. Yeah, if they take the holistic route first, if especially if they're not if their symptoms are not severe enough that they're feeling that they're, they're feeling that their life is debilitating, then holistic is a great way to start if they're able. And I just wish there would have been more education about this um, for women in their, you know, 30s, you know, before perimenopause mm-hmm. hits. You know, I think 
no one talks about that either. You know, you're, yeah. you know, when you're young and you're in your thirties, you're living your best life. I mean, you're eating whatever you want. In most cases, you're drinking, you're mm -hmm. having a great time. You know, many times you are on birth control and there is no talk at all about how this affects you long-term about what yeah. you're putting on your body, what you're eating though. So, well, at least there wasn't. You're exactly right. You know, nobody was talking about it. So I, yeah. I'm hoping that if, you know, younger women are listening to this, that they do look yes. into your, your program about perimenopause and, you know, before you even get to that level. It is time for the second talk. <laughs> Absolutely. So, moms, talk to your daughters now because the sooner they incorporate these wonderful things in their lives, the better menopause they'll have later on. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's tough to give up your, your, your vices. You know, it's tough to give up Mm -hmm. you know, junk food, um, potato chips, <laughs> you know, things that you have yeah. <laughs> your comfort foods, you know, it, it is tough to do yeah. that. But I think the payoff will be really great if you can sail through menopause and feel really good, you know, exactly. at, at every age. So Lorraine, thank you so much for your insight and for joining me today on the podcast. And I just applaud what you're doing. And I think it's amazing. And what a great, uh, life you're leading, helping so many women achieve a magical menopause. So, so thank you for the work that you do. Thank you so much, Claudia. I truly appreciate being on your podcast and um, keep up the good work because I'm enjoying listening to all the women that you have supported and given them a platform to provide their information. So oh, thank you again. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you liked this episode, I would be grateful if you would rate and review and be sure to subscribe so you can get notified when the next episode goes live. To learn more about makeup, skincare, self-care, and my personal go-to products, visit thebeautydebut.com. Do you want to continue today's conversation? You can find me on Instagram at thebeautydebut and on LinkedIn at Claudia Fabian.